you got to hang on. The men are going to do better on this than the women. Uh, some of you women will do fine by this. There are three seconds left. It is the most important football game of the year for your team. There are three seconds only left. There's a timeout. The score is 21 to 20. Your field goal kicker is on the field, and he is going to attempt a 37-yard field goal. That's makeable. If he makes it, your team wins. It's makeable. You'll win if he makes it. The ball is snapped, the kick is off, and it hits the goalpost. And it bounces off to the side. Your kicker just sinned. Do you know what I mean? He missed the mark. He missed it. He even had a little room in there. But he missed it. The word for sin in the Greek language and what we read today is a word, hamartia, which means simply, I mean, it's no big bad word. It just means you missed the mark. That's all. It's a very simple word. You missed the mark. You aimed and you missed. Today is the Sunday of forgiveness. Oh, it's Cheese Fair Sunday, and it's the Sunday where we don't exactly celebrate, but we remember the, the expulsion of Adam and Eve from paradise. But today the homily is about Forgiveness Sunday. And particularly the emphasis today in the homily is our forgiveness of one another. It is incredibly important. Lent begins tomorrow. And tomorrow, we begin a season of repentance. And we're going to spend all the time until Holy Week, we're going to be focusing on repentance and what it actually means to repent. To repent means to make a 180-degree turn in your life. You turn towards God, and you repent of the things that have kept you from Him. Incredibly significant. But what we do the Sunday before Lent starts is we forgive one another. Now, how do we know whether we've sinned against someone or not? Well, first of all, I tell you this every year because it's true every year. I sin against almost every one of you, probably every one of you, almost every day of my life. The priest always sins against the people. I'll explain why in a moment. But the truth of the matter is that we sin one against another. We, we do, and sometimes we're not even quite aware of what we have done in sinning against one another. Now, first of all, husbands sin against wives, and wives sin against husbands, and moms and dads sin against children, and children sin against moms and dads. It's sin. Don't just come and tell me, well, we all do it. Who cares if we all do it? The consequences are still the same. Just because everyone does it doesn't remove the consequences, and the consequences are that there is an estrangement that builds up. Well, how do I know if I have sinned? How do I know if I have sinned against God? And how do I know if I have sinned against you? It is really very simple. If you sum up the entire law in the prophets, here is how it comes out. You shall love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's number one. And secondly, you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. All you have to do to, to discover whether you have sinned or not is to ask yourself the question, have I loved God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength? Have I done that? Well, that's pretty easy to answer for most of us, isn't it? I mean, do you have to go in, into 27 minutes of, of quandary and pondering to figure out if you've always loved God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? And that second one, frankly, is even easier for me. Have I loved my neighbor as myself? Now, you are my brothers and my sisters. And I am your father. Well, that's both those relationships go. We're brothers and sisters. I'm just one of the brethren. But I'm also your father. But at the same time, almost, I'm also your neighbor. And you are my neighbor. Many times I have to go through this in my head. I had to go through this last night. I got home after great vespers and there was a phone call. And I didn't want to listen to it. I just didn't want to listen. And I literally, I asked myself the question. Now, this is my neighbor who just called. It wasn't literally my next door neighbor. But am I going to listen? Am I going to do this? And my question was, what would I want someone to do for me if I were in that same position? I mean, this was going through my mind. What would I want this person or what, I, what would I want you to do for me? Well, you know what I would have wanted you to do? I would have wanted you to listen. Now, sometimes I don't. Sometimes you don't. Oh, I don't know how many places to apply this, but there's many. Now, this is very important. It does not say, well, let me turn it around. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. It does not say, love your neighbor as your neighbor would like to be loved by you. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He did not say, do unto others as they would like you to do unto them. There's a huge difference. Because sometimes people want us to do things for them that aren't reasonable. But many times they want us to do things for them that are reasonable. And that we would like to have them do unto us. It's very easy. I'm usually pretty clear on what I want. Aren't you? I mean, clear on what I want. That's the important thing, isn't it? What I want. It's very easy to decide what I want. What I would like my neighbor to do for me. Let me start in the home. Husbands and wives. Husbands, some of you need to do some tall repenting today. Uh, some of us need to do some tall repenting today. Because, you see, we're all in the same boat. We sin against our wives. How? Because very often we don't do for them what we'd like to have them do for us. We might like them to serve us. We want them to do all these things, you know, while we sit in the chair and watch TV, watch that last three seconds of that football game. We love to be served, but we're not all that wild about serving. You say, well, Father, is it a sin if I don't treat my wife the way I would like to be treated? Yes, it is a sin if you don't treat your wife the way you would like to be treated. Do unto her as you would like her to do for you. Wives, some of you, perhaps all of you, need to repent with respect to the way you deal with your husbands. 
Have you sinned against them? Have you been bitter towards them? Do you want them to be bitter towards you? Well, then don't be bitter towards them. You need to forgive each other. Fortunately, it's much easier to do that forgiving this afternoon at 4.30 than it is if you go home and try to do it, though you may have to do that if you can't be here at 4.30. Because it's very hard to look at your husband at home or look at your wife at home and say, forgive me. But having been married for 54 years, I know there's times you just have to say, I was wrong, forgive me. I mean, I know I've done it once, I think. <laughs> no, it's been done. It has to be done. We sin against each other. Children, children, you often sin against your parents. Because you want them to do for you what you're not willing to do for them. And children need to repent. And they need to say, forgive me, Mom. Forgive me, Dad. Forgive me. And parents, oh boy, parents really need to be forgiving towards their children. You know what I hate almost more than anything else on the face of this earth with, with respect to relationships between people? I hate it when someone's angry with me. I just hate it. I don't like you mad at me. Well, do you think your children like to have you mad at them? You ever get angry with your children? I never was angry with my children. Saintly as I am. Oh. Have you ever said this to one of your children? When are you ever going to learn? Oh, isn't that a good one? And there are even times when you don't say it. But, you know, children are marvelous translators of the unspoken. They know it. Are you hearing me? It is a sin to be angry with your children. You know, sometimes, you know, the Bible says be angry but sin not. You know, there's some, there's some reasons. But don't, don't try to use that as an excuse. Moms and dads sin against each other. Friends sin against each other. Children sin against their parents. Parents sin against their children. And you know what happens? What happens is it goes on for a long, long time. Now, some of you who know me really pretty well know that I do not have lily white hands. My hands are really pretty tough because there are things I like to do for recreation. I like to build stuff. I like to fix stuff. I like to take cars apart. I hopefully like to get them back together again. Uh, I like to work in the garden. I like to build things. And my hands are, they're really pretty calloused. Now, there's no children in here that have ever done this, certainly no parents. When you were a child, did you ever stick pins through the calluses on your hands and you thought that was really noble because it didn't hurt? That's what happens when we sin and don't do anything about it. It's like rubbing a callus onto your soul. And you get those calluses on your soul and you rub on them. You know, husbands and wives never take care of the problems between them. And they're just rubbing calluses on their soul. And parents never say to children, I'm sorry, forgive me. And children never say to parents, I'm sorry, forgive me. And the calluses go on the soul. And we fail to do with respect to each other those things that need to be done. We fail to ask each other forgiveness. We even take it rather lightly. And the calluses get on there. And it's like sticking pins in you and you don't even feel it. 
And the more you let it go, the more the calluses get there. And they need to be taken care of. And where we focus on it is today on Forgiveness Sunday. Today as we focus particularly on forgiving one another. This afternoon, you're going to come to me, those of you who are here, and you're going to come up here and you're going to say, forgive me, Father. And I am going to say, I forgive you. And then I am going to say to you, forgive me. And hopefully you're going to say to me, I forgive you. And forgive is a really easy word. Sin is an easy word. You missed the mark. Forgive is an easy word. You let it go. That's all it means. Now, also today, I made up my mind about a month ago or longer that I want to explain something that I do every single Sunday that may even bother some of you. And that, frankly, a sidelight of it bothers me. I'll stand up here in just a few moments, and I'm going to say, Christ is in our midst. And you're going to say, He is and ever shall be. And then some of you are going to chit-chat. I hate the chit-chat. We just turn towards one another, you know. We, we, it's not a time to say, are you going to watch the game today? Or, you know, what are we going to do afterwards? It's, it's not a time to visit. And sometimes visiting goes on. But then, what do I do? Think about it for a moment. What do I do after I say, Christ is in our midst, and you respond, he is and ever shall be. What's the first thing I do after that? What's the first thing? I walk right straight down here to the deacon. That's the first thing I do. And I say, Christ is in our midst, and he responds, he is and ever shall be. Then what do I do? This is where you may get bothered. If there are 12 altar servers in that altar, I go to every single one of them. No matter how small or how big, or how young, or how old, I go to every single one of them. Why? Because I am not going to have an altar where we are not at peace with one another. We call this peace in the liturgy, we call this part of the liturgy, the kiss of peace. Now, some of you Greeks and Arabs, you're the kissingest folks in all the world, but uh, and it is very biblical, but liturgically it's called the kiss of peace. More commonly, it is called the peace. Roman Catholics do it, Lutherans do it. We're certainly not the only ones who do it. And it's in the liturgy for a reason. It means what you're expressing to everybody in this church, that you're at peace with one another. There's no grudges, there's no heart. Uh, there's no bad feelings, that we have forgiven one another, that we're at peace with one another. Because how are we going to go and offer a gift to God when we're not at peace with one another? Jesus said, if you bring your gift before the altar and remember that you have something against your brother, go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. We have a name for offer your gift. We have a name for it. We take it right out of the Bible. We take it out of the Greek language, as a matter of fact. We call it the anaphora. It is the offering. That's what we're going to do. You're going to bring an offering to God, and you're mad at your husband, your wife, your children. You're going to bring an offering to God, and you feel that someone in the church has been really mean to you. Well, let's be really frank, folks. We just do these things to each other. We do. We offend one another, and we're not going to let it go, are we? Why aren't we going to let it go, the calluses? So today, on the Sunday of forgiveness, we are going to forgive one another. I am going to forgive you, 
you are going to forgive me. I pray to God that every husband in this room is going to forgive his wife and every wife in this room is going to forgive her husband, that every young person is going to forgive each other, brothers and sisters forgiving one another, parents forgiving children, children forgiving parents. Why is this all so important? Well, I want to tell you why it's mostly important. What was read in the gospel this morning? If you forgive people their trespasses, your Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive people their trespasses, here's one of the hardest statements in the whole Bible. Your heavenly Father will not forgive you. And you're going to come up here this morning, most of you, and you're going to receive communion. The servant of God receives the precious and all holy body and blood of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and unto life everlasting. And it's just a charade. And it doesn't mean a thing. Well, that's not true. It's a negative. Counterproductive. If you come and you have aught with somebody, if you've got a problem and it's not taken care of, St. Paul said, you drink damnation, as a matter of fact. That's pretty stern. What you don't want to do is to come and receive communion when you have a grudge, when you're really upset with somebody, when somebody has sinned against you or you have sinned against somebody and it isn't taken care of. The consequences of failing to do what we need to do today aren't just simply a matter that you're going to have a boring Lent or a boring Pascha. That's true. The consequences of it that you yourself will be unforgiven by God. You're to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You're to love your neighbor as yourself. You're to forgive your neighbor. That's your husband, that's your wife, that's your children, that's the people around you. Forgive in order that we be forgiven. 